Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagata, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Courage in Action. Today, Tracy Underhill joins us to share her wisdom on how to create a life that lights you up. As a transformation facilitator with a medical background, Tracy is uniquely equipped to help us recognize problems and figure out how we can solve them. So let's get started. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much, Naluka. <laughs> Amazing. We're really excited to have you here. Maybe we can just start the conversation with um, helping us understand what transformation means in life. Mm, what a great question. And a loaded question too. Um, I, yeah, I we're, we're starting big. <laughs> <laughs> um, really from, I can give you the definition of what transformation means for me. And I, I think transformation has a different meaning for, for each person. Um, for me, it was all about transforming my life. Um, living the life that I wanted to get up for, um, transforming. So I guess transformation is change. Let's do the simple. It's Oh, change. that's perfect. It's change. And from the sounds of what you were saying, you have to want it before it's going to start. So how did you get to the point where you wanted that transformation and change in your life? Mm. There's um, a quote or a, a lesson in, uh, it's called The Course in Miracles, and it's called Lesson 79 in A Course in Miracles. And it says, let me recognize the problem so it can be changed. So mm. I think the very first thing that needs to happen is you need to recognize that something's not working for you. You need to recognize that you're uncomfortable. You need to recognize that where you are isn't where you want to be in order for you to be able to take that step in that direction and even start the momentum towards creating that change and that transformation in your life. And that, that is, um, it's a profoundly, um, I think present, but also potentially very scary point that you'll get to. Do you mind sharing a bit about what that was for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to give you a little, you know, snapshot, snapshot of um, where I was when I, I recognized there was a problem. Um, I mean, from the outside, my life looked like I had it together. Um, I was working as a nurse. I had two little boys who were amazing. I was married to, um, I thought, you know, my, my best friend. We had beautiful property uh, that we had uh, purchased from family um, gardens. And it just, everything was 100% perfect as, you know, from the outside. And, but on the inside, things weren't so much. Um, 
I was in a relationship that was not about growth. Um, and what I noticed and what kind of made me recognize the problem is I started to feel stuck. I felt like I had reached my potential, I guess, in that space. Um, I thought it was all in my head. And one, one, one evening, what had, what had happened actually that made me kind of snap into recognizing how uncomfortable I was and that I needed to change things was my, my son was probably three years old and um, he, he looked up at me and he says, you know, kind of repeating the words of what he heard around the house was, where's my supper? And then a, a very choice oh, wow. words. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the first place where I, I recognized I needed to change. Um, you know, it was, I was nearing my thirties, everything was, was going great, but that was kind of that pivotal point that was, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What am I doing in my life? You had created a picture perfect life. Um, and I think it's a mistake that all of us do at some point in life is that we create what we think everybody else wants to see on the outside, but we haven't gone internally and we haven't reflected on what, what we actually need. Mm -hmm. um, and I think mothers in particular do that a lot um, on behalf of their kids. So you had created this beautiful experience externally. How did you go inward to create the same thing on the inside? Mm. So many things are popping into my head. I think the, the biggest thing that had to happen because there was so much fear of uh, so much fear around um, going there. You know, I, I recognized the problem. I recognized that things needed to change. Um, I could see it in my boys. I could see them starting to take on that, that behavior, but I had to get uncomfortable in order for me to make that change. You know, the saying, mm. things don't happen within our comfort zone, right? So, yeah. and I think the biggest thing for me that, that was that change point and was that, that place that finally pushed me out of my comfort zone was, um, I was driving, uh, I was making a 45 minute drive to go to my parents um, with my boys and I was feeling so stuck. Like I was feeling like everything was such a failure in my life. And, you know, I, I looked at all the external things like this world I created, like you said, and then all these feelings that I had inside and, and looking at my boys in the back seat with these beautiful smiles, these big eyes, you know? Mm. Um, and then there was this thought that came through. It's like, I couldn't escape it. I didn't see anywhere, any, any way to get out of this, this feeling. And in that moment, I had this thought go through my head where you know what, if something happened to my vehicle, an animal jumped out in front of us, um, whew, I can feel the emotion coming, <laughs> um, and, and caused us to go off the road. Um, I hope it takes all three of our lives so that we're, we're out of this. Um, wow. Wow. And, and having those thoughts go through my head because I was a happy person, a positive person. I loved my work. 
um, love my boys. I loved this external stuff, but that was, that was that change point. And that was really, really uncomfortable. And I think for us to, something has to happen to make us want to move out of our, our comfort zone and, and make that change. And, and that was mine. And that's where it all started. Just wanted to take a moment to thank you for sharing that because it's obviously incredibly painful and difficult still. And you having the courage to share your story with us today is just going to help so many women and, and people out there. So thank you um, for doing that and for going there with us. Um, a profound moment for sure um, mm-hmm. to recognize that that thought was even a possibility in your mind, I'm sure. Um, what did you do after that, that happened? That's, uh, I, I really went inward. Um, and I did all the traditional things, right. I went to see my doctor. I seen a, a counselor, oh, good. Okay. yeah. And a clinical psychologist, they started me on medications and, mm-hmm. um, all of those things happened. Um, I started to look after myself instead of just looking at myself. Right. So through exercise and meal plan, I was doing all of those things, but it still didn't change. Um, I was still feeling that stuck and I was still feeling um, as if I had no control over my life. Um, So, you know, I did all of those, all of those things. Um, And and there was a a point where um, I attended a leadership conference and it was a three-day conference and there was you could choose uh, what you went to and the lectures that I decided to go to on this leadership uh, conference were about mindset and mindfulness. And it was, it was really, it was pivotal for me because I was doing all these things and I still felt stuck. I still felt like I describe it being in this plexiglass box with all of these tools from all of these wonderful sources but I still was stuck. I still felt like I had no control over my life. It was like I had all of these, um, these band-aids maybe. Mm, Yeah. Still didn't know how to get to where I wanted to go. Still feeling that stuckness. So this conference, uh, was all about mindset and mindfulness. And this is where my world changed. And you, so I just wanted to, to touch on one thing that you said you talked about instead of looking at myself, I started to look after myself. So the mind is such a powerful thing, but making sure that we take care of ourselves physically is really important as well. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about that and what it means to look after yourself, I guess, more holistically than again, because if you only do the physical part, then that's that sort of external image that you're creating, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. such a beautiful question. And I love talking about this. Um, I, what my belief is, is that we're a holistic being. I believe that it's not just our physical and our mental uh, side of ourselves that our society looks after now, right? You know, we, Mm -hmm. that's what our society teaches us to look after, but there's two other pillars to our holistic health, which is our emotional and our energetic or our spiritual side. Got it. And 
this is, you know, for so long, we're, we're taught to, you know, look at ourselves physically and emotionally and look after your emotional or sorry, uh, mentally and look after your mental health and, you know, do all these things for your mental health and do all these things for your physical health. Uh, and there's a crossover with the exercise and the eating and sleep and um, socializing and, and those things. Um, but the other two pillars, I think, are as important, if not more important. And this is where you go from looking after yourself to looking at yourself and where you do the inner work, looking after the emotional side, uh, looking after that energetic or spiritual side, um, whatever, however you want to um, visualize that. And, and this mm -hmm. is, it's pivotal. This is uh, a lot of the self-sabotaging behavior that people have where they're not able to be successful uh, reaching the, you know, the mental and the physical health that they're trying to reach is all of this inside stuff that hasn't been dealt with yet at an emotional or an energetic level. Yeah. And it's even things that sort of happened to you in childhood or like throughout your entire life that are sort of buried deep in your psyche that will bubble up almost in your personality and your characteristics and, and the life that you create for yourself is what I've, I've started to discover for myself anyway. So yeah, it, it really is. It's, yeah. uh, it's all the beliefs that you have about yourself. It's the emotional stuff. And I think, you know, us being on the, this side of international women's day, I don't know about, you know, the rest of the listeners or, you know, I can't really speak for anyone else, but for me, it was, you know, stop crying. You're too emotional. Put your big girl panties on. Mm -hmm. uh, Be nice to everybody. Create the perfect image. Yes. Yeah. You have yeah. to be physically beautiful. You have to, you know, by somebody else's definition of what beauty is. But yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I struggle with that for such a long time because I, I, that was part of, of this journey on mindset and mindfulness is, being with my emotions instead of pushing them aside, mm. feeling, allowing yes. emotions to come. Yes. And, and not being afraid of them and not worrying if they made other people uncomfortable because it, this is my journey. It's, it's, um, it's, it's mine. And I, I believe that our emotions are there on purpose. I believe that our emotions um, act as our compass and they give us an awareness of where we are in our life, um, in circumstances and events. And for such a long time, I wasn't looking at my emotions, you know, the uncomfortable, the, ag the anger, the sadness, the fear, the hurt, the guilt, even, uh, the emotions on the other end of the spectrum, you know, the happy, the joyous, the excited, the elated, you know, whatever you want to put in there. Um, and so often we push those emotions aside, like they have no meaning. Um, mm, yes. We're taught to suppress them. Right. But if you don't feel them and move through that, you're never going to sort of develop and learn what you need to learn from that, from that emotion. They are, right. they're teachers for us. They really are. And yeah. you're absolutely right. It's, it's about acknowledging them acknowledging, identifying it, where do you feel it in your body? What does it remind you of in your past? Uh, because everything that you believe in and everything that you feel is rooted in time, right? So mm. when these things come forward is 
not just that moment, it's a memory or a belief that you've established from the past that's coming forward as well. Um, and it's because you haven't dealt with it from the past or processed it properly that it's coming forward now, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Haven't acknowledged it. And there's so much fear involved with um, going into those emotions. Um, you know, I've heard, well, myself, the fear of going into the emotions, uh, stuff that was coming up for me is what if I'm going to see myself as a terrible person? Uh, one of the fears is, oh, you know, maybe this was all my fault. And it's that mm. shame around some of the stuff that happened. Um, but I also have another belief that um, we, the decisions and choices that we make in the moment are the best decisions and choices that we feel we can make. I don't know if that came out right. That um, we're capable of making. That we're capable of yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it depends on, are you being ruled in the moment by fear, which is, you know, very ancient, like millions of years ago, we developed this amygdala that's at the, the base of our, our brain. And that's where the fear, that was our survival. So are right. we making these decisions and choices from that place of fear and survival, or are we making it from a place of, okay, I need to grow forward. I need to heal forward. Right. Um, in that, in that place where I was at the time, that's where I was making my decisions was from fear. Right. Um, I felt like I had no choice. I felt like I had no control over my life. Um, and we know, or maybe we don't, shouldn't assume anything, but <laughs> fear is false evidence appearing real, right? Yes. Yes. Illusions that we create. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what this whole you know, the, this conference and these sessions or lectures I went to on mindset, I, all of a sudden it was this light bulb. And I think I cried the entire weekend because things yeah. were intense for me. It's like, oh my, because yeah. I finally realized that, you know, holistically there was two pieces that I was missing mm. the emotional pillar and the energetic pillar. Um, yeah. So I you had everything else down pat, like, yes. Yeah. So that's where, you know, the, those are the other two pillars of a holistic. And this is where I see people make the greatest um, transformations in their life is when they start to work on those other two pillars of their holistic health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And I think those two pillars are the ones that really help us recognize that this is for us and not for anybody else. Yeah. And that's, that's where the whole thing kind of comes together. Yeah. So true. Um, so you did, you did all the right things and everything that you were capable of um, on your transformation journey, but you were still feeling that feeling. How did you, um, how did you not give up for lack of a better way of putting it? Mm -hmm. What kept you driving forward. And I thought about that because I thought it was beautiful how you said healing forward, which is, I think a great concept that I wanted to dive into a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's a, such a, a beautiful question to ask. Um, this is a question that I'll ask people that I'm working with, you know, what's, what's your motivation for this, right? Uh, yeah. What is your why? Because if, if your motivation and your why is for somebody else or for somebody else's benefit, you're not going to be successful. 
Um, it's, it's, and what I had to do is I had to find the motivation. I had to find the reason to get up in the morning for me had to be about me. And um, I had to reflect on, I love helping people. I love my nursing, um, helping people improve, you know, whatever it is with their physical and mental health. Um, and I, I almost, I felt like I was, you know, when I went to those lectures that I was, I was learning something that I needed to share to other people. Um, I worked in the emergency department. I saw people coming in all the time, um, from abusive relationships and, and stuff like that. And they kept going back and they kept going back. And I had, um, you know, a woman say to me one time is I have to go back. Um, and then there was this point in my life where I was working uh, palliative and there was probably in a, a two, two and a half week period of time, I had a handful of patients say to me, um, you know, as they were going through the, the, the dying process, I wish I had of. Oh yeah. Man. Oh. So um, yeah. So healing forward. Um, I I felt like I had this piece of information that was helping me. It was clearing my vision. It was helping me get out of you know that metaphorical um, plexiglass box. And mm-hmm. it was like this mindfulness stuff and and doing this inner work, um, working on my mindset, looking at what I was focusing on, um, looking at what my beliefs were about myself and what kind of actions I was taking. What was happened was every time I looked at those three things, um, my focus, my belief and my action, it was paving another block for me moving forward. And, you know, I had been living in this place of being a victim for so long and placing the blame on other people in my life. And um, once I realized that, you know what, I actually have control over my own life. Mm. And when I started to, my perception started to change and I started to see things around me and people like in my close proximity, it's like, no, you know, you have control over this. And just that little flick of the switch, you know, telling somebody that, no, you're hundred percent in control of what you choose to choose to do with your life. Right. Seeing those little changes in other people. It's like, okay, you know what, this is working for me. I see it working for other people. That was my motivator. That's what got me up in the morning was, um, feeling those little tiny shifts start happening and it gave me that motivation and it gave me that okay you know what there is another way and I can feel good again yeah did I answer your question I feel like I yes no that absolutely (laughs) did because what it comes down to is understanding your why and understanding your why is essentially about understanding yourself and I actually love that you shared the story about um, the palliative care patients that you were talking about that said, I wish I would have, because my mind instantly in the background went to like, Ooh, what would I, what would I not want to be saying at that point? Like if, if my life were to end tomorrow, what is it that I haven't done that I wish I would have? Um, and it's, and it, most of the time it's not about like, you know, spending a lot of money or going here or a big house or a blah, blah, blah. It's more about like appreciating yourself and, and living your life in a certain way. 
And if you do that, then all of the other sort of materialistic things start to start to melt away. Yeah. Um, in terms of importance, I would say. You know, it, I, I love that you bring that up um, because, you know, in that moment where I felt like I was a complete failure in my life and like I had no control. And I looked in the rear view, the rear view mirror and I saw my boys with this, this cute little smiles, their eyes sparkled and they just were so innocent. There was, they just loved life. Yeah. Um, they loved unconditionally. They, they just were, and they, they didn't care what anyone else thought. They just were authentically themselves. Mm. And I can remember it was almost like, you know, when you're tuning in a, a channel and then all of a sudden you get this clarity just for a moment and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. I had this sense of clarity was where I remembered myself, that same little girl where I was authentically and truthfully myself, where I just loved life. And <sighs> you know, I'd go outside with, you know, a ponytail up, a ponytail down and I <laughs> this milk mustache and I just love life. And I just, it, I wanted to get back to that. And I think that at the time I believed that it was possible, especially learning the stuff I was learning about mindset and it is possible because now I, I probably would go out with, you know, a blue boot and a yellow boot. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And just, and I, and I, and I do this often, um, you know, I'm almost 50 years old and, um, my, my boys are uh, 24 and 25 and they're like, do you ever grow up? <laughs> Don't no. ever grow up. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. It, uh, yeah, it, it was so, and I forget your question or what you commented to make me say that, but um, okay. <laughs> this is the beauty of the journey of these conversations. Cause um, actually you mentioned your boys and now obviously they're, they're grown up, great young men. Um, how did you bring them along as you were, um, discovering this journey? It's a, it's a challenge for a lot of mothers and parents out there that, um, that guilt of going inwards and taking the time to heal yourself and do all of these things and, and be there and be present for your kids at the same time. How did you navigate that? Well, I was a single mom. Um, yeah, double the challenge then. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I made a decision, um, and I'm just trying to think where to start with this. When I was a little girl, um, I was diagnosed with asthma and, um, which the doctors said to my father, you know, cause I was very active. Don't expect her to be athletic. My father was a runner, um, all of those things. <clears throat> and that puts a restriction on you right off the bat right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this position instilled this belief in me that, uh, I couldn't do anything. Hmm. And we got, we, we left the hospital and my father said to me, he said, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. I oh, said, good okay. for him. Good yeah. for your dad. Yeah. So he taught me how to run. Um, and control my breath. And this was, I told you I was almost 50. So mm-hmm. uh, you and the listeners to the matter. <laughs> 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 and 
And I found it that was such a very, very small thing that he did, but it was huge. Um, my oldest son was born, um, was put on life support right away and wow. was lifted to Halifax, had an 11 hour um, heart surgery. And when we were leaving the hospital, <clears throat> uh, the doctor said, because my ex-husband and I were both very athletic, um, he's, he's not going to be athletic. He's, you know, <laughs> most likely had well, failure. that's life coming full circle. Right? My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> He'll probably have failure to thrive. He'll, he won't be a very, you know, um, athletic kid. And I wouldn't allow Tristan, my son to mm-hmm. have that belief system. So what I did was I taught him about his body and oh. taught him about, um, what it felt like, uh, limitations and, and things like that. Anytime things would come up, we would talk about it, talk about his feelings, talk about his emotions, um, talk about, you know, um, energetically what was going on with them. So I looked after the physical and the mental, um, pillar. Uh, we looked at the emotional pillar because that's such a navigation tool for us. And then energetically. And, um, every time we take him to the cardiac clinic now, he's six foot two, he's been <laughs> athletic. He's, uh, um, a, a big kid and he's, you know, been very successful. I guess he's a young man now, not a kid. Yeah. But I would never impose society's limiting beliefs on my boys. And right. I always met them where they were at. And right. um, it's, it's not about what we tell our kids. It's about what we do for ourselves. So your question, you know, yes. turning inward and doing that inner work. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing with kids is they don't follow what we tell them. They follow what we do. Yes. So if I was telling them, okay, you know, you need to listen to your body. You need to listen to your emotions. You need to listen on the inside and not worry on the outside. But I was still doing all that stuff. My Mm -hmm. boys would have followed because subconsciously what's happening and behaviorally is they're going to do what we do. Right. Not what we tell them to do. Yes. Um. So that, that's what I did. I did what I needed to do. I did the inner work. And every once in a while now, they'll throw something back at me. A recent <laughs> I was saying, and I said to my son, you're making me feel guilty about that. And he goes, uh, no, you're 100% in control of how you choose to feel about it. Wow. And you're choosing to feel guilty. And I was like, oh. And he goes, yeah, you learned no. that lesson too well. <laughs> so. that's great um and what i'm what i'm seeing now is uh my son uses the same stuff with um the little girl she's she's four be my granddaughter Uh, and he'll do the same thing he'll stop her and say incredible what are you feeling right now what's going on so yeah that's just do it that's amazing. And what a legacy that is um, that started with your dad, not allowing someone else's opinion of your physical limitations to be to dictate how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an incredible thing that your family has. And you've actually, by going through this transformational journey, shown them the other side of that, the other pillars that you've talked about. Right. And now your son and your granddaughter and like the generations that come after you will be like just so much better equipped 
to navigate life. And that's an incredible, incredible legacy for you. Mm -hmm. So congrats on that. That's amazing. (laughs) It's so, it's so amazing to watch it unfold. Um, I sit here sometimes in my office um, doing stuff. And on the other side of the wall is uh, my granddaughter's bedroom. You can't really hear things, but I can, you can't make out exactly what's saying. And I've, I've been sitting here before and I can hear him over there with her and just, and then her interaction. And it brings me to tears. Oh, it's the energy side, right? Yeah. Because 20 years ago, if I hadn't have recognized what was going on, if I hadn't have recognized the problem, Mm -hmm. if I, if I stayed stuck in fear and if I had of continued to give away my power, if I had have continued to give away the control over my own life, Mm -hmm. things could have been a lot different. And he could have, if I had have allowed the behavior, maybe, you know, because we learn from behavior, there is a big possibility that he could have carried on a different path that he was already starting to learn as a little boy. He would have, you mentioned at three, the words that he used to be like, where's my supper? He would have been an entirely different man. Yeah. Entirely different. Yeah. So, and that's, that's you doing the work and, and having the, the courage um, to go internally. And I think it's incredible that you now dedicate your life to helping others do the same. Can you tell us a little bit about your coaching practice? Hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is I want to help people with their inner struggles. And mm-hmm. I, I think my, my passion has always been to help people. Um, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a piano teacher because I music made people feel good and I took piano and it made me feel good. And, um, so my entire life's work has been about wanting to help people feel better being a nurse for over 20 years. Um, And once I went through what I did and knowing that I didn't need to live my life stuck in this victim um, where I had no control over my life, I, what I, what I love doing is I love helping people awaken to their truth, help people awaken to um, a new way of looking at things and seeing things from a place of love and and non-judgment to help people with these internal struggles and um, help them get unstuck so that they can find peace and happiness. Right. Because it's our birthright. Looking at at my little boys and and that state of innocence and absolute love and and everything. And they're still, you know, protected uh, that we can all get to that place. So this is what I, this is what I do as a, a transformation facilitator is I, you know, either it's mindset coaching or it's holistic coaching or, um, you know, any, any of these things to help people recognize the problem so it can be solved so that they can start um, stepping into their own truth and happiness and living the life that they want, you know, not staying stuck in these plexiglass boxes and starting to use the tools that other disciplines have taught them and have given them um, because, all of these tools are valid, whether it's medication, whether it's tools from a social work or um, a therapist or a clinical psychologist, psychiatrist, um, you know, your physio, 
occupational, any of these other disciplines that are out there for the physical and the mental pillars, but giving them the capability of effectively using those tools so that they can, you know, stand in their own power and to create a life that they, they want that brings them happiness. Um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Kind of, that's kind of what I, I do. <laughs> it's beautiful. And what an incredible way to, to share your energy and your journey with the world, um, to do that. Uh, after going through everything that you did is is really beautiful and, and we thank you for that um are there any sort of final words of wisdom you'd like to share uh with our listeners before we wrap up for today i i think one of the biggest things is it's a, it's so important for us to realize that our mind is such an incredible incredible tool mm-hmm. that we listen to everything that we say to ourselves, and it's about being aware of the words that we use because the words that we use to talk to ourselves creates our reality and bringing an awareness to that. Um, and, and I think that's where it needs to start. I think it needs to start with bringing an awareness to your language. You know, what are the words that you use to describe yourself? And, and, then kind of work from there. Um, I, I really, I believe that everyone has something so important to share um, with their stories. And, and as humans, this is how we move forward is by learning through, through stories. And this is how we, you know, thrive forward. Um, and I really, I believe that it's often this beautiful energy is wasted and then the world never gets an opportunity to see it. And we miss out on what it feels like to be strong and capable and free. Yeah. So I think that's the, that would be. That was, I really had just an aha sort of wow moment, as you said, that we listen to everything we say to ourselves, mm-hmm. every single thing, because for me, I know I have a very harsh inner critic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hearing you say that was, was really profound. And I, I thank you for that and and also for for recognizing that everyone um, enters this life with a reason and a purpose and that it is sad if we block ourselves from sharing that, whatever it is, if we block ourselves from sharing that with the world, then it's, it's we're missing it. We're missing out. And so is the, and so is everyone else. So is yeah. the world at large. So um thank you that was truly beautiful and i really really appreciated chatting with you you know there's there's something that popped into my head when you mm-hmm. look and i want to share um years ago when i first started my business i was doing free talks and things like that and my my husband my now husband um very supportive was with me and he said to me he goes what if nobody shows up hmm. Well, yeah. if shows up, I said, there's always going to be one person that needs to hear what I have to share. Yeah. Um, and the very first time that I set out to share my story and to, to share the possibilities with people, um, a friend of mine um, owned a, a, a little shop and that's where we were hosting it. And nobody showed. It was through the week. And 
you know, the, the ego or that internal dialogue started up and, oh, oh I'm sure. Enough. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah. But we sat there and we talked to the person that was working. That was the person who needed to hear what I had to share. No way. Oh my God. And then that it just, just gave me chills. <laughs> like, it was, she still oh. stays in contact with me. And this was 2012, 2011. And it was life-changing for her. Um, wow. Wow. So, yeah. Don't, I shouldn't say don't, um, but that would be that final message is share your message, share what, what's inside because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody uh, else I love it. And that's what we do. And that's what you've done today. So thank you so much. Um, this was a truly beautiful journey that we went through uh, together today. So um, I thank you. And I'm sure many, many, many of our listeners will take away so much from this. So thank you. Um, thank you so much um, for the opportunity. And I'm going to be honest, I was so nervous doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. You're a, you're an incredible human and, and you have a great story to share and a great message and you're dedicating your life to helping others transform. And, and that's beautiful and, and deeply appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. you, you made this so effortless. Thank you so oh. much. For being here. Yeah. You're My amazing. pleasure. My pleasure.